Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 52. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. We've been celebrating in this community, not just on this podcast, but we've been celebrating in the federal business community over the last couple of weeks, the one-year anniversary of the president's management agenda. And people ask me all the time, what's the most important thing that you're covering or what's the thing that interests you the most? And I always answer the PMA because it has such an, it's such an overarching framework for improving the operations of the government. And I think that this particular one is especially headed in the right direction. I agree. And the fact that people have rallied around it, there's a huge risk that when the Trump administration came out with its management agenda, that it might have fallen with a thud. But there was overall enthusiasm, and that enthusiasm has sustained for a year. What I think is great is that that enthusiasm wasn't limited by whether you thought that overall the Trump administration was doing things right or not. People were willing and able in our community to look at the PMA objectively and say, does this work based on what's included in it, not who delivered it or what administration delivered it and all that. We'd probably have to admit that the Trump administration's management team is benefiting from low expectations, <laughs> but they wildly exceeded those, have put strong leaders in place to drive it, and the initiatives, if they keep it up, are going to make some lasting improvements in the operations of government. Last week, uh, we did a kind of a retrospective on the first year and a look forward at the second year on the Government Matters program. And I heard from two people whose names I mentioned as folks that I thought deserved a little bit of credit for getting the ball rolling right after the election and right after the inauguration, uh, Linda Springer and Dustin Brown, who really started this not the PMA as we know it today necessarily, but laying the groundwork for here's what already existed in previous administrations, and here's kind of the general direction that you probably want to go. And it was so nice to hear from both of them just, hey, thanks for recognizing us too, in addition to Margaret Weikert and the rest of the team that's still at OMB today. Well, that's great. Both are dear friends of mine and people I greatly respect. Dustin in particular should be credited with architecting this cross-agency and high-priority goal framework, but uh, transitioning from the Bush administration to the Obama administration. And that has kept in place from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. And Dustin also said that since I shouted him out, he was going to buy me lunch. So <laughs> well, I, I consider that a huge win. Well, then he should buy me lunch now since I gave him a shout-out. I did not have an opportunity to have you on that program, but what does year two of the PMA look like to you a year from now? What's success in the coming year? If you fast forward 18, 24 months from today, you will have had substantive reviews of the things the administration is touting as evidence of success. So the the administration would be well served to make sure that it is focusing on tangible, concrete, measurable improvements, be it category management, be it reorganization, be it erroneous payments. They've got substantive initiatives underway. Some of them need budget authority. Some of them need statutory authority, like you and I have talked about the reorganization of OPM and GSA. Yeah. 
I just think nailing down not only the initiatives and what they're trying to accomplish, but the evidence that they've actually taken hold. So that's where I wanted to go next, because you have been a fan and an advocate for evidence in making decisions in government for a long time. Terrific track record there. I still remember fondly my days on the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking. Uh And to be fair... This time, I'm not going to be incredulous about you mentioning it because I kind of teed it up for you. So I, I brought that on myself, as Ralph good, Wiggum said. I love a good softball. How are agencies doing in that respect? It strikes me that OMB is driving it, and not just with the PMA, I don't think. Congress has now mandated it, and the president it has stood behind it by signing that bill into law. But we've seen many uh, initiatives with uh, – administration force behind it with congressional uh, legislation behind it that founders on the rocks for whatever reason. And I wonder what your sense is of what has to happen to make the agencies do their part and do what they're supposed to do. Look, there's wide variation in maturity across agencies in evidence-based policymaking. There are some genuine best practices, Department of Labor, Small Business Administration, Department of Education that other agencies can learn from. The recently enacted Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act is causing a lot of activity around this. And I applaud OMB for taking the tact that they want agencies to implement this law, these requirements, in a way that makes most sense to them. But I think there will be an increasing collection and use of evidence in the, a variety of decision-making across agencies. That's that's what I'll expect to see in the next year or two. Connect what we know about the president's management agenda in year two, as we head into year two, with what you saw in the budget. And we talked a little bit before we started recording. The budget was significant to you, I think, if I paraphrase wrong, I apologize, not just because of the numbers and where the administration wants to direct the dollars, but because of a lot of the supporting material that came along with the budget. That's right. The budget came out in two phases this year. One, the main volume of the budget. That's the president's policy proposals. The second was the rest, basically. One of the volumes I look most closely for is analytical perspectives. And you've got deep dive discussions in areas like workforce planning, evidence-based policymaking, real property management, payment integrity, reorganization, a major drive of the administrations. That's where you can see you know, what, what has been sustained, where the, for instance, the reorganization area is focusing largely on the OPM GSA merger, um, less on some of the other things that were announced when that first came out. Um, it, it's, a, it's a real bellwether for what's really taking hold. You just had to mention evidence-based policymaking again. I did. You couldn't resist another chance I did. That's right. throw it if, in there. If we're not basing policy on evidence, then... What are we doing? Okay. Um, so when you were on the program, uh, my, the television program last week, we talked about the challenges of recruiting people into the administration and some of these political appointee jobs this close to the end. I don't want to get into that today. I don't think we have time. But I do. I am curious as to the ramifications of that on trying to get people in the agencies to get on board with continuing to push the PMA, given that if we look at this in a year increment, as we are, in April of 2020, we'll be really close to the end of this administration's first term, at least, and maybe to its tenure. And so I wonder if 
there will be some resistance from the not political resistance necessarily, but just I'm going to wait this out and think that things might change. Crowd. Well, I I I think for the most part, the initiatives that are being driven through the president's management agenda are bipartisan, widely accepted at least among the management community. But you're right that uh, every one of these leaders should have um, uh, an hourglass on their desk that. It reminds them that time is ticking away, and the closer you get to the presidential election and the next inauguration, the less eager people are going to be to drive what the current administration is doing until they figure out who will be in the next administration. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that might apply there exactly 180 degrees opposed to what we're talking about, though, there's a school of thought that I've heard a number of people express – Because I will say to folks, there are a lot of good things for the business of government going on in in this administration, and it's a shame that there's all the noise at the top that distracts people away from the good work that people are doing. And this school of thought, and I've heard it from people in the last administration, people in this administration, people who aren't involved with any administration, just pay attention to this stuff. People say, well, that might be good. That might mean that all of the attention's focused there, and the folks that are doing the work every day can just concentrate on doing the work with less interference. Is it possible that what we have seen in the past in this presidential election cycle, maybe that'll be the same thing, and maybe that will draw people away from the work being done every day, and those folks that will be doing the work will be able to do what every administration says it wants to do, which is race to the finish line or race to the tape or whatever crazy race analogy they want to use it's it seems to me that the career civil service that is working so hard to accomplish a lot of what the president's management agenda is trying to accomplish took a little while to realize that some of the management officials assuming important political positions were serious-minded dedicated to improving the operations of government uh, in such a way that they could get behind them Nonetheless, the closer you get to the election, there's going to be the creeping realization that those people may not be here much longer, and so you don't really have to pay that much attention to them. Furthermore, they may go earlier themselves. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, what I think is so beneficial to exactly what you're talking about is a lot of what the administration is trying to accomplish on the management front are things that generally wouldn't be thought of as possible. And so the art of the possible is much more ambitious than it would be in an ordinary presidential administration. A lot to cover on this, and we'll continue talking about the PMA because I do believe, as I said, I think it's one of the most important and interesting elements of the space uh, in which we live. What are you going to watch in particular? Are there certain elements of this that you think are important in the next month or quarter? Uh, you know, implementation of the foundations for evidence-based policymaking, you'll be surprised to hear. Uh, guidance should yeah, be coming out. of course. Out. Gui- what else, Commissioner? Guidance should be coming out forthwith on that. We've got enormous issues being covered in the budget, and I cringe a little bit into what the end game around appropriations looks like. Mm. And then the OPM GSA reorganization. What's accomplished administratively? And what requires legislation, and how will Congress react to the administration's proposals to get that done? All right. Coming on the next Fed Heads, 
Guess who's going to be on the next episode? Two of our competitors. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's right. The enemy. The, the Dan, right, because we all hate each other. Yes. Um, Dan Tangerlini and Danny Werfel host, the, they, the, they the have man, a podcast. The, the government management podcast market is fiercely competitive. We, it, see, in the 70s, this would have been Battle of the Network Stars, <laughs> and we would have been like, we would be doing different. I'm a network star. Oh. You're a podcast star. Battle yeah. of the podcast stars. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. Love it. I think that'd be Love great. It. That's on the. Stay tuned. They they host this Gov Actually podcast. The Fed Scoop puts out. Yeah. And they're going to be on the on the program next week. So we'll look forward to talking to them. And I will look forward to talking to you then, my friend. Great. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.